Welcome to a brand new episode of Additive Snack. Once again, we're here to inspire and educate you on your additive manufacturing journey. My name is Fabian Alefeld, and I'm the senior manager of the Additive Minds Consulting Team at EOS of North America. And I'm your host. So today I'll be joined by Mohsen Saifi, the director of global additive manufacturing programs at ASTM International. Mohsen will be shedding light on one of the most important aspects of any AM effort. We're talking about standards. ASTM develops and publishes the standards that influence every step of the additive manufacturing process chain. But it's important to know that these standards aren't created in a silo. They're based on consensus and input from end users, OEMs, government agencies, trade associations, and more. And that means that you can play an active role in shaping the standards that influence the future of additive manufacturing. And that's pretty amazing. So today we'll be talking about how standards are created, which standards are especially important to your AM journey, and how you can get involved and why you should get involved. So Mohsen, welcome to Additive Snack. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Hey, Fabian. Likewise here. I'm very excited to have this conversation. Thanks for inviting me. No problem at all. So Mohsen, let's, let's jump right in. So you're the director of Global Additive Manufacturing Programs at ASTM International. Can you explain to me how ASTM is involved in additive manufacturing and what are the efforts that you're currently pursuing at ASTM? Absolutely. Uh, well, ASTM is an international standards organization that develops and publishes voluntarily consensus-based technical standards for a wide range of materials, products, systems, and services. Close to 13,000 ASTM voluntarily consensus standards operates globally today. Uh, we cover 90 industry sectors with around 150 technical committees that are in charge of developing those standards. When it comes to additive manufacturing, we started in 2009. The original request to establish uh, our additive manufacturing committee, in fact, came from uh, Society of Manufacturing Engineers. In 2009, a group of industry leaders approached ASTM to justify establishing additive manufacturing committee. The industry was evolving quite rapidly. The need for standards became really sensible. So that request came in and we were able to justify uh, establishment of these committees. The way we operate, we're market-driven, industry-driven. So these requests in order to develop standards always come from the industry, uh, which involves uh, government agencies, various OEMs, regulatory bodies, certification bodies, trade associations, and you can imagine, uh, etc. And the term additive manufacturing, in fact, officially has been coined at the time that this uh, committee was established. And we were looking to name this committee something that really resembles the industry. And additive manufacturing was really the term that was been, has been selected uh, amongst from many, many terms that were uh, being used. Uh, and people are still using some other terms. Uh, and uh, that's, that's how it came together. Now, in 2011, ISO established its Committee on Additive Manufacturing, International Standard Organization, 
which is ISO. And then the two organizations came together and decided to bring the forces together and jointly develop standards in this uh, sector. And that resulted in a partnership agreement between the two organizations. Now, since 2011, ASTM has been working in collaboration with ISO. We've developed many, many standards, which I'll describe uh, in a second. Now, due to the nature of standard development processes, which is consensus-based and voluntarily, the pace of a standardization is not rapid. That means it takes time to bring everybody on the same page. It takes time to build consensus amongst the people across the industry on a specific topic. And on top of that, for emerging technologies, it will become challenging to assess, uh, to access uh, the latest and greatest information that are needed to develop standards. And often IP issues, intellectual property issues come into play and other limitations. In order to resolve that issue and address, uh, come up with some innovative solutions in 2008, 17, we came up with a new model to accelerate the standardization and established first ever ASDM Center of Excellence, first of many, on additive manufacturing. And its focus basically is uh, on research to standards, enabling uh, standard development to become faster, filling the gaps that exist in the field, but also support education and workforce development. And in addition to that, being able to support development of new products and services that enable industrialization of AM technologies. So today we have around 25 projects and some are completed and already contributed to the standard gaps and some are in progress. We also have developed several training programs with the focus on standardized practices and achieving quality. So uh, on and all, that's really what we're uh, trying to accomplish at ASDM to deliver quality standards, certification, and quality assurance programs that we have, uh, and we have some good news that will come out soon about some exciting developments in this space. Awesome. Thank you for that, that, that background. So let's imagine I'm now in the additive manufacturing, not industry, but I'm a user of additive manufacturing, or I want to become a user of additive manufacturing. Uh, what are the most important things that I need to know about standards and qualification when it comes to this technology that has existed for more than 30 years now, but uh, where standards are now helping the industry to uh, to accelerate and uh, be adopted in the manufacturing space? Absolutely. Uh, in order to answer your question, let me start with saying that standards are enablers. And to achieve quality, you need high quality of standards. To satisfy regulatory requirements, you need high quality of standards. It's important to know how standards are impacting implementation of technologies. And uh, we often measure maturity of an industry sector by the availability and maturity of their standards. The more high quality of standards you have, the more mature that industry sector will become. So we're looking at these 90 industry sectors that I'm uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, you look at some of them, you see some of them are quite robust, and that industry sector is also quite robust. Uh, well, we have hundreds of standards, for example, in one of the sectors, and uh, lots of qualification and certification programs, and you, you see that they're really mature uh, and in a stage that they're kind of implementing the full uh, technology. If you are involved in additive, 
you need to know the published standards. So far, we've published close to 40 standards, and most of them are joined to standards with ISO. And there are more than 60 or so that are under development. In the next several years, we will see much more standards to come out. These developments will create, obviously, a backbone and enable achieving consistent quality assurance in the years to come and really support industrialization of technology. Another key point to know is that a lot of progress is being made across the industry. Every industry sector is finding their niche areas in which AM provides big value. Earlier in the days when we started the development, uh, we were only observing aerospace, defense, and medical industries amongst active participants in the development. Now we see automotive, oil and gas, maritime, construction, transportation, everything. So that tells a major shift on how AM technologies are being utilized and AM is getting more mature and much mature on a daily basis. Now, back to your question. The most important thing to know, in my opinion, for someone involved in the AM industry is that you have two main choices. You can either sit back and wait for the standards to be developed and become available, or you can roll up your sleeves and contribute to the development and influence the direction. There's a famous saying, either disrupt or being disrupted. So you can either be influenced by the standards that are coming out, or you can influence what those standards will be, and they might impact your industry significantly. When these standards become part of regulatory certification frameworks, and they become part of codes, and they, where they become part of contracts, which they are happening at the moment, then it's going to impact your industry. And once standards are out, everyone will take the advantage of them. So you have a competitive advantage if you begin contributing now. Yeah, great message to the listener already out there. Get involved, get into additive manufacturing and the standardization uh, committees. And I think the the saying you just mentioned, you know, be a disruptor or get disrupted, doesn't only account for the standardization process. It counts for the additive manufacturing industry as a whole. Right, The companies who are currently pushing into additive manufacturing are gaining a key significant competitive advantage because as you you know the qualification process and the development process of new products does take some some time so they ha they do have a pretty significant time and development advantage now let's look at the uh, process chain of additive manufacturing right we have a certain um data preparation process steps. We have CAD, we have, uh, then we have a CAM process, uh, then we have the printing process itself, uh, the operation of the additive manufacturing system, and then various post-processing methodologies uh, based on the AM technology that I'm using. What are the most influential standards in each of these process steps that I should know as a, a person out there who is uh, pushing into additive manufacturing production? That's a very good question. And the answer could be very long, but in the interest of time, I'm trying to kind of put some of the, uh, the essence into the context here. Uh, well, in order to get into that, maybe let's, let's start with the fact that uh, AM technologies are basically uh, consist of many, many steps. And the printing process itself 
where you really produce the material is one piece of the entire process chain. And pretty much everybody understand this. It's important to know that for a successful implementation, you have to have all the pieces of puzzles together. And that's everything from your materials, your process, your design, your post-processing, inspection, and uh, qualification and certification methodologies. So uh, if you want to look at some of the key uh, standards uh, on each of these, I'll start with terminology. This is your step zero. We all need to communicate the same language and utilize consistent terms in contracts, publications, reports, patents, anything that basically is communicatable, you have to be able to utilize uh, standardized terminology. The seven well-known categories of AM is all defined in this terminology standard, which is ISO ASTM 52900. So I'd highly encourage people to really get familiarized with this standard because that's your step zero. Then it comes to um, one of our key areas, which is testing methodologies. Uh, it's another important step in the process chain. Uh, there is a key standard that was published uh, last year. Uh, it's basically a standard focusing on geometric capability assessment of additive manufacturing systems. Uh, it's ISO ASTM 52902. And the focus is really on benchmarking. You can imagine you're considering to buy a machine that prints sophisticated parts. You want to know how is the uh, capability of the machine? How can you measure uh, the capabilities by assessing the quality of some test artifacts? So basically, the focus is on really measurements and observations described um, that are used to assess performance of an AM system with a given system setup and process parameters. Obviously, this only happens in the combination with the specific feedstock material as well, because your uh, quality really also is driven by the material of choice. The primary characterization of the AM systems uh, obtained by this document is via geometric accuracy, as well as surface finishing, minimum feature size that you can really achieve in the benchmarking test piece and uh, others. So if uh, really someone looking to acquire an AM system, this standard will be a go-to standard because uh, it really gives you the ability to assess the capabilities of these machines. Another uh, uh, set of basically categories uh, is going to be focused on design. And each of these basically have a subcommittee under our Comedia 42. But when it comes to design, I can name ASTM ISO 52910, which really focus on uh, requirements, guidelines, and recommendations uh, for design roles. Um, and it's, it is applicable during the design of all types of products, devices, systems, components, or parts that are fabricated by any type of AM system. This is the most general uh, stand, design standard that we have published. And it really helps you to determine which design considerations can be utilized in a design project or to take advantage of capabilities of an AM process. It provides guidance and identification of issues that are supported uh, 
specific design solutions and processes specific or material specific data uh, are not in, supported in this one. Those are standards that are basically going into uh, processes specific scenarios, talk about the limitations of each systems, talking about capabilities, the rules, guides that basically define your uh, design project. Now, moving on from design, uh, another important basically uh, area is materials. So identifying and determining the requirements for your materials basically is quite key. One example I can name on the uh, key alloy, titanium alloys, ASTM F3302, which is a standard specification for titanium alloys via powder bit fusion. This specification really covers uh, additive manufacturing of components via powder bed fusion processing. And if components made using this processing methods, um, they're typically using applications that require mechanical properties similar to rod products. And those products build to this to a specific requirement. And, uh, and those require additional post-processing in the form of machining, polishing, to really meet uh, necessary surface finish and dimensional requirement, but also some minimal mechanical properties that are all defined in this specification. Enables you to really have a baseline properties if you're dealing with um, these kinds of components made of titanium alloys. The next set would be on, uh, and these are just examples that I'm indicating, there are so many out there. Uh, in terms of process site, a key standard would be ISO ASTM 52901. This is standard guide really focus on requirements for purchased AM parts. I can really open this up if we think it's uh, appropriate here. But you can imagine that uh, one of the hurdles for adoption of AM technologies is achieving consistent quality. Uh, there are data as well as anecdotes that fabricating a part at 10 different service providers, for example, could result in large variability in the part quality, ranging from mechanical properties, surface finish, microstructure, etc. And ultimately, this could impact your application. Now, this is standard guide coming to play to address at least some of these challenges. It gives you guide for elements to be exchanged between the customer and the part provider at the time of the order, including the customer order information, part definition data, feedstock requirement, uh, part characteristics and properties, inspection, manufacturing plan, etc. It is applicable for use as a basis to obtain parts made by this technology uh, in order to meet minimum acceptance requirements. If you need more stringent part requirements, then there is another standard basically that allows you to achieve uh, higher uh, criticality. Another key standard in this category of process in particular is ASTMF 3434. Uh, you can imagine that uh, in highly regulated industry, it's important to understand your installation, operation, and performance qualification. And this particular standard focuses on powder bit fusion, and it guides you IQ, OQ, and PQ issues directly related to the AM machine and connected equipment. 
it, it is quite extensive. Uh, gives uh, understanding on physical facility requirements, personnel, process, material issues, and etc. Now, moving on to post-processing, you have the part printed after many, many iterations and steps. Now, how to deal with its post-processing. Depending on which of the seven categories of additive manufacturing you may use, it is known that around 60% or even in some cases more than that uh, of the cost would be on post-processing, inspection, testing, etc. ASTM of 3301, which is standards for post-processing methods, uh, predominantly using thermal post-processing, it really focuses on uh, providing you all the recipes that requ you require to do in order to achieve required material properties and microstructures, um, and it gives you all those details for various alloys. Now, uh, the, the last one that I'm going to highlight would be safety standards, which is quite key topic. Um, and several standards are under development for this category. For instance, there is a standard that is focusing on investigation for additive manufacturing facility safety management, which really gives you guidance on how to operate a safe facility. And that's very important. We can talk about it on and on, but safety is a critical issue. And uh, we're hoping that a number of standards will be uh, will become available to support the safety of various facilities out there. Yeah, Mosin, thank you for that explanation. I think this really showcases, A, how complex the additive manufacturing process chain actually is, but also how beneficial these standards are to enable companies to create products faster, uh, have shorter lead times in their R&D developments, but also create a more reproducible and high-quality product at the end. Now, can you give us an example on how some of these standards or all of these standards have already influenced the industry or maybe even a specific sector of an industry where you could give us, us an example on the impacts of standardization? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think uh, one of the standards that I mentioned as an example, uh, your previous question was the standard that really focused on requirements for purchased AM parts. This standard is a critical standard in the supply chain uh, because it really enables you to have a successful um, transaction. If you are a customer acquiring parts, you need to know all of these requirements. And um, basically, this standard look at uh, various requirements from generic ones onto part ordering, onto definition of the part to be manufactured, characteristics of the part, acceptance, all those details. So I want to a little bit dive into this and what really that means and how it's enabling the industry to uh, become more mature. So again, the example I mentioned is the service provider uh, example. So you have a part, you have a design, you want that to be printed. You have so many choices. Uh, it's almost safe to say that Right now, there are more than 200 service providers out there globally that are capable of uh, printing uh, parts and often critical parts. And uh, 
So you, you have a design in mind. You want to really make these parts available via one of these service providers. So you have many, many choices. So the qu key question is, how can you deal with uh, these variabilities? What sort of questions you're able to ask? What sort of information you can really uh, acquire from these service providers in order to enable you with the, some sort of assurance and trust that the part that you're receiving is the one that you really intended to uh, print. So this, this document focus on defining and specifying those requirements. The standard gives you guidelines on what is to be exchanged between a customer and part provider at the time of order and um, includes, again, customer order information, part definition, feedstock requirement, final part characteristics, inspection requirements, and part acceptance. So now in terms of part ordering information, you can imagine that there's so many information that you can ask, right? You can ask uh, for details about the ordering, the required delivery, uh, required delivery frequency, required marking or tagging of the part, packaging requirement, uh, so many details that uh, you typically ask. But when it comes to the part itself, one of the key uh, aspects would be the part geometry, right? So you need to provide engineering drawing as a reference. So the IP issues come into play. How do you protect your IP? What are the practices that the service provider has in place to protect your IP? Digital file referencing, geometry description. What sort of files do we need to exchange? What method to exchange the files and supply those? and the formatting of the electronic data, procedure of uh, creating the digital file. All of those details are basically are things that you need to require. Then when it comes to tolerances, there are specifications that defines those tolerances, right? There are several standards that um, we, uh, it's referenced in this document. It gives you the ability to really interact effectively with a service provider to request those informations that is basically your rights. And then uh, it comes to uh, the part quality, the surface texture, surface finishing, uh, mechanical properties, so many other things that you need to know and you have the rights to know uh, when you acquire a part from a service provider. Another important aspect of this standard is basically uh, focused on the manufacturing plan, right? how the service provider really came uh, about manufacturing plan and defined the step-by-step -step process in order to be able to uh, make this a repeatable process. Next time you want to order the same thing, is it going to be the same quality or it's going to be different? What sort of feedstock have been used? Uh, those kinds of details also because specific material specification, the feedstock spec, is also a critical one. What chemical composition, what batches of powder was used? Is it reused powder or new powder, virgin powder, how it was handled? All those details matters, especially for parts that are uh, critical. So this standard basically captures all of those details and it gives also you some uh, guidance on the acceptance. So now you wanna accept the part, what sort of uh, qualification uh, you can basically 
uh, ask for the manufacturer, what kind of inspection techniques you can uh, request and define in the, in the contracts in order to be able to have a part that is really consistent in quality. So I think uh, going back to a question, this is one of the key standards that enabled uh, the relationships between customers and the producers of the parts or service providers to be more effective and be able to trust in the technology. And we think that uh, really helped the supply chain. Yeah, what a what an important standard. It, it, it enabled the supply chain and it enabled trust into the supply chain. And also this concept of distributed manufacturing that we're all talking about, but uh, really we're just starting to see the first uh, companies really using a more distributed manufacturing supply chain versus uh, larger centralized uh, manufacturing plants to turn into a reality. And I'm uh, 100% sure that this standard is a key success factor of these distributed manufacturing concepts. Now, when I now put myself into the shoes of a qualification slash quality engineer, I'm now at a uh, OEM. I want to get into the production of additive manufacturing. What are some best practices and tips and tricks that you can share from your experience, but also from your knowledge uh, of, at the standard committee that you would uh, give to these quality engineers out there as advice? Yeah, in terms of uh, best practices, I would say number one is to educate yourself on the latest status of publicly available standards that are out there, whether it is ASTM, ISO, or any other standard developer. As a quality engineer, you need to be aware of the standards, you need to be aware of the gaps that exist, and also you need to be aware of regulatory policies. Often, regulatory bodies release their policies, notes, advisory circulars that you need to know. Those basically uh, provide guidance, provide reference to these standards, uh, and uh, really enable quality engineers to have the enough knowledge about the land escape. Because understanding the land escape, preparing yourself to deal with the challenges and gaps that exist, can really enable you to sketch your success plan. Ultimately, you need to convince a regulator or a quality inspector and leveraging standards and already developed knowledge that is out there can significantly reduce the potential pitfalls and hurdles. So I think uh, it's important to, to know that Success of any high-impact technology require consistency, quality, repeatability, and ultimately scalability. We often see high-quality parts, but it becomes art to really fabricate them. And uh, you need to be able to ultimately scale up and repeat over and over. That's where you need to rely on standardized practices. So Mohsen, can you tell us briefly how you got into uh, the position you're in right now as the director of global additive manufacturing programs at uh, ASTM. What did your journey look like and how did you end up there? So my background is material science and engineering. And when I was studying uh, my PhD in additive manufacturing, one of the projects that 
uh, I was working was on rapid qualification of additive manufacturing technologies. And that kind of connected me to standardization community because, you know, achieving quality and qualification as a direct uh, correlation to standards. So in 2015, uh, I was able to participate in one of the standard development committee meetings and we were presenting on a topic on how do we measure orientation and location dependent mechanical properties. And at that time in the room, there were many, many organizations, regulatory bodies, and uh, key users of technology were there. The idea we presented were kind of came up uh, as a persuasive and that kind of made me involved in additive manufacturing standards at that time. Uh, so since 2012, I was really studying uh, AM technologies and then uh, I got involved in the standardization. In 2016, I got closer to ASTM and I started working with ASTM as Director of Additive Manufacturing Programs. And uh, as of right now, I'm leading a technical team at ASTM, which basically is in charge of supporting and accelerating a standard development process. On one side, we have a committee of 42. On the other side, we have a center of excellence. The center of excellence really focused on research to standards building education, uh, educational programs, trainings, certification programs. And on the other side, we have F42 committee. So my role in the organization is to be able to really connect uh, the two together, uh, working with a variety of different technical committees that we have across ASDM that are contributing to standards and ultimately support uh, the development of standards. So, and then during this journey, I was able to work with a wide range of companies, organizations, which is kind of amazing. Uh, was able to before joining ASTM, I was also uh, being able to uh, do some consulting with companies that are trying to adopt the technology. So I had exposure to um, aerospace industry, uh, being able to know how really. Uh, Aerospace Prime is able to uh, implement an AM technology into their supply chain. How do they repair parts? Those kinds of things. So all in all, I think uh, as of today, I really enjoy working with the industry and supporting the industrialization and adoption of this technology. And I'm glad to be here with you today. Wilson, thank you so much for being on Added a Snack. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, I really do appreciate you giving us an overview of all the standards, but also the impact that these standards are currently and will have on the additive manufacturing industry. So thank you again for being here. Fantastic. It was my pleasure to talk to you today, Fabian. Thanks for all the great questions you asked. Quite exciting. As you just heard, standards are such an important piece of a successful implementation project of additive manufacturing. And it's so important that you get involved. Standards will allow the whole AM industry to mature, grow faster, and push a wide adoption of AM into production. So thank you, Mosin, for all your and the whole ASTM team's work. And thank you out there for getting involved and adding your important experience and view on the creation of standards. 
Next time on Out of Snack, we have an amazing guest. Marcus Seibold from Siemens Energy will be sharing his experience on building one of the strongest AM engineering teams on the planet. He'll be talking about how his team came to the point where AM parts go into gas turbines and are managed in a digital warehouse. And the huge role that culture plays. Until then, thank you very much for listening to Out of Snack. Please don't forget to rate our podcast and leave a comment in your favorite podcast app. For this episode, a special thanks goes out to my co-producers, Kristen Eisminger, Tim Moynihan, and to Shannon Bauch for graphic design and social media management.